Blog Talk Radio. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. Blog Talk Radio. Hoffman, how you doing tonight, Leslie? I'm doing fine. It was snowing today. <laughs> what what else does it do up but, up in Saranac Lake? <laughs> right. It's either below zero or it's snowing. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> well, I, I, it's not much better down here in Vermont. It's pretty cold, and we're supposed to get some snow tonight, but we'll see. The groundhog said we were going to have an early summer or an early spring, so. <laughs> yeah, June. <laughs> yeah, June. Maybe July if we're lucky. <laughs> so, well, anyways. Dennis, Dennis Madalone is actually from New Jersey, so so he's been missing winter. Also, he's, hearing us talk about it just brings him right back home and makes him yearn to move back up here, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I, well, I love the snow, so it's great. So um, we have a really fun show planned for you guys tonight. Um, Leslie's pulling some more strings. Uh, last week she was able to get Spice on with us, Spice Williams. We talked about Klingons and Star Trek Five, And this week Leslie was able to pull some strings to get Dennis Danger Madalone on the line with us. Uh, talk about Klingons and Borgs and Ferengi. Oh, my. Um, this guy has been pretty much every alien you could think of he's been and um he's even been killed a few times and our first caller tonight at 646-668-2433 i'll say that again 646-668-2433 not only will you receive an awesome autograph from leslie herself but leslie also has a card of um dennis getting his head ripped off by a 
Omnipod, I believe it is, right, Leslie? Something like right. Dennis, Omnipod. You, you would have to tell me what episode that was. Oh yeah, um, that was a uh, Deep Space Nine, I think, and uh, but I don't recall the the name of it. But I re- I remember the scene. I had to make believe I was being choked by something they were gonna you know uh, put in later. Oh, so. Leslie actually ha- found that card and has that card. So the first fan that calls and asks Dennis a question at 646-668-2433, Leslie will send you an autographed picture and the card of Dennis getting his head ripped off by Omnipod. And don't be afraid. We don't bite, and we'd love to hear from you. 646-668-2433. Uh, David Schroeder called during the Spice Williams show and uh, got an autographed Spice Williams card and a signed autograph from Leslie. So don't be afraid to call 646-668-2433 is our number. Uh, We'll be here for the next hour. We'd love to hear from you. So, Dennis, um, I was looking at your your, uh, information. It seems to me that you're pretty much an alien expert. Um, You've been pretty much, you've been Klingons, and I even see a picture of you with a Borg, a Kazon, You've pretty much run the gambit of aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no, and you know, Cardassians. That we, we just did them all. I even doubled uh, more than once on Deep Space Nine. So it's like uh, it was so cool to wear all those different makeups. And out of all of them, I the easiest one was always playing a Bajoran because it's just a little nose makeup, you know. But uh, now, yeah, the Klingons Kling were always great. The long wigs, and you know, uh, so it was fun playing all those characters. When when you're playing, say a Borg, for instance, I saw a pic. I think you were a Borg. Was it in um, Star Trek: First Contact? I think it was. Was the picture that I saw? Um, you you have to go on the makeup trail. You got to be there for hours to to get into Borg makeup, right? Yeah, Borgs were complicated because there was a lot of makeup, but they were attaching things to your face uh, and then blocking out sometimes your eye with a uh, with a big eyepiece uh, prop or um, and so there was a lot of gear that you had to wear. But uh, it was fun playing Borgs. Borgs, uh, they're just you know interesting. Uh, Aliens, you know, Klingons are more wild. The Borgs are more calm, you know. Now, when you were a Borg, did you get to assimilate anybody? Um, you mean whack them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to – most of the times I played Borgs, they were battle scenes, you know, just uh, some throw. end up eventually getting shot by Riker or, or – or somebody, you know, so, but the boards, uh, we didn't battle as much with them. It was more of them uh, coming out and either shooting or getting shot. You know, Klingons, it was all about the battles, you know. Well, now, like when you, you play the Kling. To... Oh, ahead, I'd like to go back to, so, so my understanding, Dennis, was, uh, they started Star Trek Next Generation, and they were using different stunt coordinators in the very first episodes. But then Rod Bowman uh, directed, and he had you come in and 
somehow eventually you became the one and only stunt coordinator of Next Generation. Yeah, I remember going out to Paramount to see a friend of mine that was coordinating the pilot, Next Generation, Glenn, Glenn Wilder, who is my idol and like a father to me. And uh, I remember going up to the stage, and he told me he's doing this pilot, you know, and um, it was I think it's stage six and uh, at Paramount. And uh, he, I said, are you going to do the series? He goes, no, I think the directors, whoever's directing – brings in their own coordinator. So who would know episode four, Rob Bowman is directing it, and he brought me in and uh, uh, on an episode called Where No One Has Gone Before. And I played a uh, Starfleet that was imagining there was fire all around me. And then the captain talked me out of that and brought me back to reality. And I, who knew that that one day would turn into... 14 years and 389 episodes. So I always tell everyone one day can lead you to, you know, amazing journeys. Oh, wow, yeah. that's an awesome story. Yeah. And we have a caller on the line that wants to ask you a question, Dennis. You ready to talk to a, okay. a real live fan? <laughs> Let's see who yeah. we got here. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Uh, this is David Schrader again. <laughs> David, <laughs> California. Did, did you ever get I'm your you, I'm William working Spencer? on the whole set. I, I'm working on the whole set of Leslie's collection. You know, that's my goal to get all the Leslie's and everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> See that, Leslie? You got fans all over the place. <laughs> but it's not every day you get to talk to like a, a fans. We we don't get to talk to the people we see on the screen. You know, it's like, it's just really cool to me. It's fascinating. Yeah. Did, did you um, did you have a question? Did you want to ask Dennis a question about playing any one of the, the vast array of aliens that he's played in his career? Well, I was just curious if Leslie and Dennis ever worked on the same episode together. Or, you know, if you guys ever worked on the same, you know, same episode and, you know, if you guys – ever work together. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I Dennis can, Yeah. I can answer Dennis that. Dennis hired me Yeah. What the Dennis hired me uh all the time on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. But there's an episode on Deep Space Nine, um is it in Pur- Purgatory's Light where um now I'm trying to remember what you were you oh you were no, you weren't a Breen. You were you were Jemadar, and I was a Romulan. I was stunt doubling the Romulan, and you took me by my head and threw me against the wall. See, oh, that wow. makes me you smile. remember that? It, that, that? That makes me smile when I get to beat up all my friends. This is great. Uh, but me, me and Leslie, right. we go way back. We trained together when we were teenagers, and then when I started running shows and then hit into Star Trek, I got to use all my friends, Tom Morgan, Kenny Lesko, Rick New, all the kids, Leslie Hoffman, everyone I trained with as a kid, we all went on this journey together on, on all the Star Trek shows, and that was cool to be on the set with with almost like your high school friends, you know, and uh, that was always enjoyable. We always had a good time. Star Trek was 
never felt like work. It felt like just a reunion of stunt friends, and we get to wreck the set, and people, they actually pay us to wreck the set. It's like a, a pretty good deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds like an excellent deal. We, you know, get paid to tear things up and beat be up your friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, well like and Dennis and like I say, as Dennis was as Dennis was saying, um, it was it was a home away from home. If it was somebody's birthday, Dennis would buy whoever a birthday cake, and we'd celebrate their birthday on set, or or we would buy Dennis his birthday cake and celebrate his birthday on set. Well, you guys are family. You guys are basically family. So, I mean, that yeah. makes a great day when it's when it's somebody's birthday on the set. You get to get blown up, and then you get to blow out the candle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great conversation. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to get the complete Leslie set <laughs> and everybody else as I can. So. I think uh, you've got one. I think Leslie has, what, three more? Uh, four more. Four more. Four more. Well, there's, there's plenty of shows coming up, so, you know, I, I'm going to work on the entire set. <laughs> well, you know, David, it's great to hear from you. I, I, I talked to you on Facebook. Great to hear your voice, and, and we really appreciate taking the time to to call 646-668-2433 and uh, to Leslie and Dennis. Thank you very, very much. Okay, Jim. Okay, have a good day, okay? Live long and prosper. Bye-bye, Dave. Bye-bye. So, so uh, yeah, so, Dennis, when you're a Klingon, I'm, I'm partial to Klingons myself. <laughs> so, um, I asked Leslie this, but I'm going to ask you as well. I also asked Spice. But you know she was a Klingon in Star Trek Five. But when you're when you become a Klingon, do you have to go to Klingon school? Do you learn how to speak Klingon and how to the the proper way to to move to to wield your batleth and and come off as a Klingon, or you just go wild and have fun? Um, it's not about really the dialogue uh, more than just you know feeling the part of being a Klingon, feeling. Um, strong, invincible, having that kind of look on your face before in all the scenes. And when you battle, it's just big, crazy energy, which we all have anyway. So uh, uh, it was easy to uh, – and it was fun to do Klingon fights because they were wild and out of control and nothing was perfect. It was just big wax swings, ducks, chops. It was just uh, – they were the most enjoyable battles of all of them, especially working with – the bat lift, which Dan Curry created. Um, so uh, I remember, um, you know, normally they want the Klingons to be like Tom Morgan, one of our great stunt guys, six foot three. Or, but I remember using Kenny Lesko a lot. He's like five eight. And finally, after four years of battles, producer says, "Why, why is there always a, a, a little Klingon in, in there?" And what I thought right away was, well, that's because Klingons like to bring their children to the battles. <laughs> and the producers, <laughs> the producers laughed and said, okay, we're good with it. 
so I, I kept using short Klingons in the battles, you know. That works though. That that definitely works. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's actually. all I could. That was the only excuse I could come up for using my friends that are five eight. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Dennis, well, we have to take a very quick station identification break here um, because we're also broadcasting on Odyssey Radio, and we have to give them a chance to put their station ID in. So we're going to take a quick 30-second break. Listen, guys, don't go anywhere. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back after this quick break. If I can find it, there it is. Hi, this is Eric from Trek Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and related sci-fi content. And we want to hear from you. Call into the show Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith that you'll call. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around. So, um, I, you know, I figure if i got to play a commercial, I may as well play a commercial to promote our own show. So that's why all the commercials you hear on this show and on Comic Corner and on Truck Talk and are all those same commercials because Russ gets the shows over at Odyssey, takes out our commercials, and puts in his own. But for my own, for our own purposes, we always play our own commercials to promote ourselves. That's why you guys always hear the same commercial. If you're listening in on anything other than Blog Talk Radio, you won't hear that commercial. So, Dennis, I wanted to ask you, of all the aliens you've played, and you've played a lot of them, I was so impressed when I was looking through, and it's like, where to start? What was your favorite alien to play, and why? Um, on Deep Space Nine, uh, the episode uh, through the Looking Glass, I got to play a uh, one-eyed Marauder with with my own long hair, and they closed. You know, they took out one of my eyes with makeup, and and that was just fun to kind of have my own hair, see my own face, and yet have the eye missing, and and uh. And do a fight scene in that, and then when it came out with like part two of that, I was looking in the script, and there were the rebels in, and, and I told the producer, I said, "Hey, I I think I should be in this scene," and they did. They wrote me in the scene, and then when they came out with number three, I, I finally got a little more like extra dialogue, where uh, Nana Visitor uh, shot me, or was uh, we were in the prison scene and. She was behind bars, and then someone else came in and clobbered me or something. But uh, it was kind of neat to keep having a recurring role and playing the long hair and the one-eyed guy. So uh, uh, that was pretty enjoyable. And now, what episode was that? Because I'll have to to pop that out and watch that. That was uh, Through the Looking Glass? Yeah. Well, that's that's the the episode where Nog – Aaron – had been asking Dennis, can I do my own stunts or can I do the stunt? And Dennis let Aaron, Nog, uh, come in with the uh, the tray, and yep. and he hits Dennis with the tray. Aaron was so thrilled. Yeah. It was. I bumped into him recently, and uh, it was great seeing him. He's he's uh, we did a uh, um, Ira Bear. Uh, produced a uh, documentary that's coming out 
called um, What We Leave Behind, and they it was, uh, went to the screening a little while back, and it looks great. Just a great behind the scenes of with the stars and the stunts, and it was uh, so. I, I think that may be going to HBO or somewhere. Yeah, I believe I think their their um, Ira I think is produce. Yeah, I think Ira's producing that. I heard Aaron yep. talking about it. Um, it's a it's a documentary about what happened behind the scenes in the making of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and they also talked about yeah. in the documentary about uh, getting the group together again and shoot, you know, what's going on, you know, twenty years later uh, with the captain and everybody. And they, they on the on the documentary, they were, had the writers in the room uh, talking about the synopsis of the of the next episode of Deep Space Nine. So it's it's a pretty uh, a cool documentary i think all the fans are going to love it because they cover so many cool different things now do, do um did aaron give you a release date when we could expect to find that i'm not sure but i i think soon because it's it's completed and the screening was somewhere in october and so it could be sometime this summer that suddenly it's going to hit and who knows it may hit the theaters, but, you know, I, I don't know where they're shopping it right now, but uh, it's definitely, you know, it, it's come together and it looks great. So I'm sure they're going to launch it out there soon. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye out for it. So I, I was, I'm all, I talk to Leslie every week and I, I was one of our early shows. I was asked Leslie about her favorite death and uh, Leslie got to go on uh, the promenade on deep space nine and hang herself. Um, what was one of your most memorable deaths that you had got to die on screen in Star Trek? My gosh. Uh, well, there's <laughs> been about 500 times killed. Um, they're all enjoyable because that's what we love doing. We love, you know, taking it and eating it and hitting the ground. And um, But... Yeah, offhand, I I I can't really pinpoint the one. They just all are uh, so much fun. I, I love playing myself as a Starfleet. Um, uh, the one that Leslie's talking about, the card that she has of me, uh, that was fun because I was with Avery Brooks, just me and him, and out of nowhere, I get my neck snapped by this creature, and then Avery Brooks leaned over me almost like he was praying and and he was sad that I passed away. And uh, so that was pretty interesting that to have the captain lean over you and, and care for you that much. And uh, so to me, that was fun because I got to play myself. I just had a short hair wig. I remember after that, Ira Bear came to the set about two weeks later. And now I'm wearing a blonde wig instead of my brown hair. Bear says, didn't we kill you like two weeks ago? I said, yeah, but this is the twin brother. <laughs> He goes, what? I go, I'm the twin brother of the guy that was killed. And and so he laughed. I laughed. I did it. A month later, he comes on the set. I'm wearing a, like a red hair. And he goes, don't tell me. Another brother? I go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, I don't know, a month later, I go, I'm a cousin. And so I just kept it going. They didn't care. They just kind of let me get killed on so many episodes. It was fun. 
Now, well, I think, did you I ever think have... the interesting thing that happens sometimes is you kill yourself. Is that, you know, yeah. let's say you're Starfleet and you're a Klingon and you shoot <laughs> and then the, the camera goes to you being a Klingon and you die. Yeah, one episode, or, or, um, there was uh, an episode of The Next Generation where in the same day I played the Starfleet uh, where Klingons bust out of the security and they shoot me and then they shoot a stunt friend, uh, John Escobar, and then the Klingon heads to the core uh, and I double that Klingon getting shot, falling through two glass floors. And then Worf leans over me and absorbs the the Klingon that passes away. He absorbs his life or something. But I remember doing that. And so within a minute, there I am getting shot. And suddenly I'm doubling the Klingon. Uh, I don't normally try to do that because there's so much makeup involved. You really don't get a chance to get away with doing both. But that one was, uh, the Starfleet was in the morning, and the last shot was going to be the Klingon. So I had plenty of time to change and get in the makeup. That was, that episode, Heart of Glory, that is one of my favorite first season episodes, because that was the first time on TNG that we got to see the Klingons. And they tried to take over the ship, and you got shot and fell through the window, uh, in fact, I think uh, I think Tasha Yar kills you. Oh no, Warp yeah, maybe, kills maybe. you. Yeah, fall through the. Yeah, anyway, right. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm and, gonna uh, have to watch that one it, now too. Yeah, and that one was a a tough spot, but you know, not for stunt people, but you know, it was a tougher one because I had to take a phaser hit and then fall into a sheet of breakaway flat and then drop another 12 feet to the next floor. And so, uh, you know, you really, you got to really, you know, it was like a margin of inches to make it through that glass and still fall flat enough and not get hurt, you know. So that was a tricky fall. I remember hitting really hard. And I remember, I think it was shortly after that, uh, they decided to keep me for the next 14 years. So it was a... you know, that's the cool thing about doing stunts. Leslie will tell you, it's so much fun to go there and sell out and hit the ground and, and make people happy. And, it, you know, we like going home feeling like, wow, appreciate, you know, the cool stuff we do. And and that's more so much more important than the money. The money will be, will be gone in a week, but the memories and the performance, uh, we hope, is going to be forever. No, were you, Dennis, were you a Star Trek fan? Before you got this job? I was a little kid in New Jersey, you know, five years old, jumping off my roof. And I didn't know what it all meant, but I was a little stuntman back then. Didn't know it. and But I was watching Star Trek, and I remember seeing the fight scenes back then when Kurt was fighting some monster on the planet, and it looked like a big rubber suit monster. And it was like, I just enjoyed the show. It was incredible to and uh, to actually walk on the set, you know, you know, 18 years later and be the stunt director coordinator and hire all your buddies to be on this incredible Star Trek journey, 
that's pretty cool to be a kid watching it and suddenly you're on a set. I got to meet Gene Roddenberry and talk to him and uh and work with Major Roddenberry and and it it was it was pretty cool. Wow, that that well, that sounds absolutely awesome. The one thing that um I've talked a little bit about and this is what makes Dennis so extraordinary. You 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 just don't you, we've talked about where where he's been in front of camera, but as a stunt coordinator, he has to get the script, break it down, find out, you know, what what the stunts are go to production meetings, uh, get a stunt budget, hire who he needs for doubles or, or just nondescript stunts. And, well, Dennis, what I was telling uh, Jim in an, in an earlier episode is that there were times that you needed to be at a production meeting at Deep Space Nine, at Voyager, uh, second unit on both shows, and and I mean, again, stunt family. You you had several of us as assistant stunt coordinators because you couldn't be in all the yeah, places yeah. at the same of, time. Of course, when you're when you got your, you know your training buddies with you, we know each other. So I can send you to a meeting and Tom Morga, of course, and, and Kenny Lasko and know that you guys are in sync on everything. We're just, you know, uh, but it was kind of, I loved when there was three or four things going at once because you'd run from stage 16 to stage eight and back to 12. And it was so much fun to be challenged to that, leave you or, or Kenny or, or Tom in charge of the set. Uh, it, it was great to uh, know I could run around back and forth, but somehow I was able to always be there when the stunt went off, you know. Uh, but uh, and I got that from um, in the late '70s. I was running a TV series, a pilot feature, and I was running two or three shows at the same time, running everywhere. So finally, I'm at Paramount, and I'm running the two Star Treks at the same time. And it was so much easier than all those other shows because Star Trek, everything is on the one lot and the stages are like, you know, 20 feet away. But on the other shows, there were other studios and I had to drive eight miles and 20 miles to get here and there. So it made it really easy to do both, all three Star Treks, uh, two of them at the same time for seven years because the stages are right next to each other. So it's easy just to hop here and hop there. Oh, well, so... Uh... Tell tell the audience uh, how how you got around the Paramount lot. Oh, on the bicycle? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, my uh, my wife Linda Colucci Madalone. She worked on many Star Treks. She turned into quite a stunt person. And uh, her brother George Colucci, who also covered for me, and is just a great stunt man. He. I think one birthday, uh, I think after season one, he went and got me, a, he calls it the JR bicycle. We named it after my, my dog, JR. And it had paw prints on it and a bone on it. And uh, and so I had, and painted it purple. And so I had the JR bicycle and I should ride my bike from this stage to that one to meetings. And believe it or not, I have that bicycle still in the garage and ready to go. So. 
You know what's funny yeah. about that? Um, a friend of ours uh, in 19, when they did the Best of Both Worlds, we were all sitting around at our Star Trek meeting thinking, oh, how are they going to get out of this? And unbeknownst to us, one of the people that was there actually wrote scripts, and she wrote a script and sent it to Paramount. And they actually hired her as a staff writer, and they said, we're not going to use your script, but we liked your idea. So she went out there to work. Well, of course, being a Star Trek fan, uh, myself and my wife had to go out there, of course. And so she got us a pass, and we went on the Paramount set. And it happened to be the day that they were filming the um, the uh, scene with Mark Leonard, and it was a closed set. We We couldn't get on the set, so we just wandered around the Paramount lot. But who came whipping around this corner? on a bicycle was Sam Elliott. He knocked my wife right over. He came, we were walking down the street that looked like New York city on the front and on the back, it was nothing but boards, but it looked real good from the front. We walk around this corner and this dude on his bike just comes right around the corner, knocks my wife right over. And she's laying there and we, she looks up and it's Sam Elliott. And he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And he gets off the bike and, helps my wife up, and he shakes her hand, and he's, oh, okay, okay, and he gets on his bike, and off he went. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> my <laughs> wife almost got run over by Sam Elliott. This is cool. <laughs> right, maybe that he could definitely... autograph the treads on her. <laughs> well, you know, but, uh, you know so you mentioned <laughs> You mentioned the uh, as... New York Street. That's uh, where they filmed... Um, well, but not all are yesterday. It was the uh, Deep Space Nine episode where everyone was out of makeup. Yeah, that was like a oh, flashback. Were... 50s uh, sci-fi writers. Right. Nice. And Dennis had to coordinate. Uh, did the taxi almost hit Avery? Is that what happened? No, the taxi... Uh... I guess when Avery suddenly appears, John Bennett, great John Bennett, our stunt buddy that doubled him, uh, just appears in the street, and me driving the cab, I come in there and just whack him, and uh, John Bennett took this great hit for Avery and just smashed over the hood, over the windshield, and into the ground. And I was really proud of John because uh, that cab isn't the type of cab you want to get hit with. You know, it just wasn't smooth or anything. It was that old-fashioned bumpy looking hood from the 1950s or something but john just did a great job that makes me yeah so but uh yeah we did a fight scene in that one but the the cab hit that john bennett uh just brings a smile to my face because he did such a good job well that's yeah i was i was talking I was surprised to find out well, just, how just how fake everything looks, Leslie, because when we were walking down the street, that New York City street actually looks real. I mean, you would think they're real buildings, but they're not. They're fake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, uh, Dennis was mentioning a couple people, and I'd like to add a third person, um, is... You know, it it has been enough years now. We've lost some really great stuntmen that Dennis used, uh, John Bennett, uh, Ken Lesko, and Peter Horak. These are yeah. these are all stuntmen that that we all loved and cherished, and they're no longer with us. But but you can see them on film. Yeah, yeah, 
And uh, Peter, as you talked about, Peter Horak, he's the one that got me my SAG card. And then two weeks later, I'm running shows. I mean, uh, he really helped launch me. And we all were trained by one of the greatest stunt guys, Paul Stater. And, you know, he's helped hundreds of stunt people um, have their dreams come true. And so I always think of Paul every day. I think of him and our other heroes and stunt buddies that passed away. But, you know, every time I go on a set, I, I bring them with me. So it's, it's, it's all of us together. And I was on a set today, and I, I think of Kenny and Paul Stater, and I keep the team with me, you know. So we're all on, yeah. this, we're all on a, a journey that's going to keep going. You bet. And on that note, so, we have so to let's... take another quick station break. Um, so don't go anywhere. Don't touch your dial. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. And we're back. And uh, Jamie's right, 646-668-2433 is our studio line. You still have time to call and talk to Dennis Danger Metalone or Leslie Hoffman. 646-668-2433 is the number, and we would love to hear from you. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Just give us a call, 646-668-2433, and we'll get you right on the air live. So, uh, Leslie, I'm sorry I interrupted you with our commercial break, but what what were you going to say? Well, again, Dennis has had the most amazing career. Um, I mean, one of the beginning major shows he was on was Baba Black Sheep, but but Dennis Madelone is your greatest American hero. He's the one, he doubled William Katz, (laughs) trying to take off or landing, and... And every week, Dennis had to figure out a different way to to fall or land or take off. Or, I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, the uh, TV show, The Greatest American Hero, uh, that's one of my favorites because, I mean, you get to put on a super suit, a cape, and you get to fly into walls and trees and just make up all kinds of crazy landings. And... uh I remember being a little kid with red pajamas when I was 10 years old and, and used to put a cape on, a pillowcase cape, and jump off my bunk bed into the bureaus and crash. And, and suddenly I'm wearing a super suit, and it was like deja vu. You know, it's all everything came to life, you know. Everything I did as a kid has happened. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Well, uh, do you want to tell the the story about where you ran into the wall or or you were supposedly supposed to run through the wall? Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, when we were doing the pilot, Greatest American Hero, um, I was doubling William Cat, and I'm supposed to run through the wall, and they made a breakaway wall. I was feeling it right before, and I'm going like, this wall feels really hard. So, and of course, I was right. And so... I went to plow through it, 
And on the other side of the wall were the actors and stunt people I was supposed to punch through and then pick up Chris Doyle and Kenny Fairgerald, stunt guys, and clobber them together. And then they'll cut. Well, I never made it to the wall, so I hit the wall and it punched in about a foot, and then I fell backwards to the concrete. But on the other side, the director, Rod Holcomb, saw an impression like the Roadrunner's body, an impression come toward, you know, camera, but I never made it through. So it was kind of like, and so the director said, you know what, let's cut, and then we'll pick up William Cat standing up, and then Dennis can run through, and on the second time he go makes it through because it's a super suit and he's learning how to get through walls and so it just ended up being an incredible it was in the pilot it's in all the trailers they love the fact that i didn't make it through the wall you know so it was a, a kind of a iconic stunt that people remember that was a great show by the way i i everybody watched that show and i believe joe Gabney had the hit single for that show, um, Greatest American Hero theme song, if I remember correctly. I still can't believe yeah, it's it was, true. Look at me. I'm up in the sky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, that man, song, it's been a long, long time. Great, the song is always, in fact, if someone calls me up, that's my ringtone is the Greatest American Hero song. So uh, I love hearing it. It just makes me smile. I had so much fun on the show. And uh, and then the Star Trek was 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 super cool too. Uh, in a way, you get to put on alien costumes and fly all over the place and crash and get beat up and you know. So I relate to those shows a lot because we wore so many uh, costumes, you know. So I, I asked Leslie. I've talked to Leslie about this, so it's uh, you know, I'll ask you the same question. So what was your typical day when you when you show up on the set? Um, they hand you a script, and then where do you go from there? What would be a typical day on the set of, say, Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, when I go to the actual set at 5 in the morning, I go right to craft service, and I look at the donuts, and I say to myself, <laughs> do not eat these donuts. And then, of course, I do not eat them, and I go into my day. Because you eat those, and then your day is going to be ruined, you know? But... uh well, I'd get the script, I'd break it down, and meet with the director. Uh, he trusts me to choreograph all the fights, and a, a week later when we go to do those battles, I'll walk through it, and he'll look at it and go, oh, that's great. Uh, here, just take out 10 more seconds, and we just pull out 10 seconds, and, and we do the stuff. So I like to put together big battles that, that are um, um, fit the story point of the what's going on in the script, and then I let the you know, directors, you know, bring me down a little bit. So I go big, and they bring, a lot of times they just say, great, shoot it. But sometimes they go, ooh, bring that down a little bit, and we'll take out a couple of moves. But it's just really having fun choreographing stuff, you know. Number one, getting everybody home safe, doing cool stuff, uh, having fun. It was a lot of work when you're in battles, and the set is full of smoke, and it's 100 degrees, and you're wearing all the Klingon makeup and rubber suits and heavy boots. It's a lot of work. At the end of the day, you're exhausted. But when you get home, you just go to bed with a smile on your face because you, you did something really cool with, with your friends, and that's that's the uh, the thing to embrace and bring home with you. So when you would get a script, like for, for someone like me or some of our listeners, 
unlike Leslie, who have the inside story. Um, it would just say, for instance, uh, Klingons fight, and then they drop that on you, and then it's and then from that point on, the Klingons fight is completely you decide how they're going to fight and and whether they're going to use bat lifts or 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 how they're going to fight and what moves they're going to do, and they just dump that in your lap and leave it all up to you? Um, pretty much uh, what they do is they'll write the scene. Uh, you know, Worf's uh, does a bad, the other one ducks, and they'll even name some of the blows. So they're into really uh, knowing what's going on and writing a good battle and then um, take it from there. And then I'll add uh, different moves to, uh, to get to the point of, of finally taking out whoever we need to take out. So it's really being creative with what they wrote, but also sticking to exactly what they wrote when it comes to the story point and who's going to get it and, and the emotion behind it. So there's a, a lot to it. So it's not just a battle. You have to fit the battle to, I, I can tell you, um, Blood Oath on Deep Space Nine, that was one of my most re, um, enjoyable moments because Rick Colby was directing he trusted me to choreograph this entire crazy battle with, uh, uh, I think they were the, the main Klingons uh, that were fighting uh, some other kind of alien soldiers with helmets. And he trusted me to put that together. And the morning of, I showed him everything, and he just smiled, and he said, let's go. And we battled all day long. At the end of that day, it was so rewarding um, and fulfilling. I looked at Rick Colby, and he came over, and he had tears in his eyes, and he hugged me. And, I mean, that's what it's all about, just knowing that somebody, Rick Colby, was so excited about all. Because he, he I don't know, there's very rare moments where you get embraced like that, and somebody truly cared, and he just hugged me with tears in his eyes and thanked me and um, for you know, helping uh, his visualization of this battle come come to life. And to actually do it all in one day was incredible. And so I remember that moment with Rick, and I'll never forget it. Uh, he's such a great director. And I remember the guys that worked on that episode, you know, Irving Lewis, he's a great stuntman, and Mark, and uh, Kenny Lesko, I got to fight him so many times, but especially in that episode, and Tom Morgan. And uh, I'm not sure if Leslie was there. She was on a lot of them. I think that I think this was a manly fight, so it wasn't fair. There should have been a manly <laughs> and a girly fight. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, you. It's it's great when you put together something and it's exactly what the director wanted, or even more. When you leave a set and you you create even more and give them more than what they possibly could imagine, uh, that's pretty cool too. You know when you can where they can go, wow, this is, you know, so, but that's how life is. We all want to feel appreciated. We all want to reach out and in a way it's helping others. You know, we're performing, but we're helping the directors, the producers, the show, um, bring the stunts to life. And uh, we all want to be, you know, feel good about what we do in life, no matter what you do, stunts or, or, uh, you know, normal jobs uh, and away from the movie industry. Uh, you just want to feel appreciated. You want your boss to care for you and say thank you and 
and uh, and we all should do that for everyone. I thank everyone all the time. I know Leslie does, and it's it's cool to appreciate and be be humble. Now uh, well, we're Dennis. we're almost out of time, so I wanted to ask you: uh, Are you working on any projects right now that you'd like to talk about, or that that you can talk about? Yeah, yeah. I just finished about a month ago. I, I just finished a short film from a uh, a new uh, woman director. Uh, she works in post on Super Supergirl, and she was great. She was just great. We did a bunch of fights, and it was just great being with that happy energy, the, a new talent coming in. And then three weeks ago, I stunt coordinated a music video uh, that you can find online right now. And uh, we did a bunch of car stunts, a 40-foot high fall. And yesterday I started a feature film called The Boy Behind the Door with Whitewater Productions, Rick Rosenthal, with uh, a dual directing team, two young directors, David and Justin. And and uh, I just even worked today. So and, and hurry up back to do this interview with you guys. And um so we're off and running on this feature for a month. And then what's great about this business is who knows what's coming up in April. You know, it's pretty cool. Wow. So you're, you've been keeping pretty busy since Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did uh, Without a Trace, a TV series with Anthony LaPaglia for four years. I coordinated that. And then I coordinated Castle with Nathan Fillion and Stana Kaddick for five years. And now I'm doing features and pilots and so yeah we're uh it was weird to i remember i was on star trek after the 12th season and i'm saying can't we get a car chase in here come on you know uh because i I love doing all of it but when you're on star trek there's no cars so uh i love but when i was doing star trek for 14 years i was doing feature films and pilots and movie of the weeks and so i was still doing everything else cars high falls so I, I'm a bit of a Leslie. Will let you know I'm I'm a hog. I like to just take all the work and run all over and and do it all. So. Well, I is just wanted true, to Leslie? add what a humanitarian Dennis is. Uh, he's been a part of uh, New Horizons, which uh, helps the mentally challenged. They teach them trades like. Uh, serving food, boxing things, and Dennis has always been at the, uh, they have a carnival, and he helps raise money, and then there's another group called Penny Lane that Dennis has been involved in, and when he's not, when he's not uh, helping other people, he's playing softball, and he had, I don't know if you still have it, but he had the Danger Dog softball team. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Now, uh, we stop playing that. They're still playing softball, but I retired the team because I just got too busy with the work and all that. But, yeah, the New Horizons, uh, my wife, Linda Bellucci Madalone, she brought me over there, uh, and it was so great because we're still best friends with some um, people from there. Uh, here there's years later, and one of the kids that was there 20 years ago, his name is Keith Garrison, he calls us every day. I mean, literally every day, maybe four or five times a day. So it's great to have a history and relationship with with people that uh, we've done some stuff with. And uh, Penny Lane was Pat Tallman, just a great stuntwoman and actress. And she brought all the stunt people, to, all the Penny Lane 
things to help, you know, raise money and awareness. And so there's a, a lot of heroes out there that are helping people. And, you know, and Leslie's the same. And Leslie's the same way. She, you know, she's a giver. She's just there all the time for everyone. She's just a hundred percent giver. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of givers out there in the world and we just need to, uh, be blessed enough to be around those people. And and with that, Dennis, uh, believe it or not, we're out of time. Can you believe that? An hour went by that quick. Yeah, that's crazy. It felt like about 20 it's, minutes. It's, and, uh, you know, I wanted to say thank you for coming on and, and chatting with us for an hour. It's, it's really great to get to talk to people um, that are behind the scenes that bring a lot of the things to life that we love, but we don't necessarily see their faces. I mean, everybody knows who Worf is and who Captain Sisko is, but uh-huh. people never get to talk to the Klingon that Worf killed, for instance, yeah. or the, the people that make those battles come to life. So we really appreciate it, and thank you very much for coming on Stunt Trek and chatting with us. Well, you guys it was It was a lot of fun. You guys are great, and... Uh... Anything for Leslie and you, uh, I'm always here anytime you want to do more stuff. So let me know. Yeah, Leslie Leslie will be in touch later on, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. What do you think, Leslie? If if Dennis has time in between his busy schedule and he wants to be on, he's he's more than welcome. I always love talking to him. Excellent. I love you guys. Excellent. Well, thank you yeah. very much, Dennis. And uh, try to stay right. warm out there. I know Leslie and I are going to try to stay warm up here in the Northeast, but um, I guess our version of staying warm and your version of staying warm, what is it, 80 degrees out there today? Well, we got we had, we had rain yesterday, and it's a little brisky, but it's pretty uh, it's pretty cozy compared to the, uh, the snowfall that Leslie's getting and you. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's nice and cozy here in California with a little rain here and there. Sounds great. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Dennis. It was great to have you on. All right, guys. Take care. Take care, Dennis. So, Leslie, that was a good show. We had fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's always great talking to Dennis and... And, uh, I mean, all the things he's done, not only has he hired his friends, like, say, the humanitarian things that he's done to help to help all people, is he's just an amazing person. And I wanted to take a moment and mention that it's, it's Brain Trauma Awareness Month this month, correct? Uh, it's Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month, and Awareness I unfortunately, yeah, I unfortunately have a traumatic brain injury. It's, it isn't from, you know, it's 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 like the football players. You just hit the ground one too many times. I mean, it it isn't like I was taken off the set on a stretcher or anything, but but you just get your brain shaken enough that uh, that you get a brain bleed and that's traumatic brain injury and that's why I had to retire out of the business is that uh, I knew that I could no longer I didn't have that sharp edge anymore 
And not only would I have been a danger to myself, I would have been a danger to cast and crew. So it was time to retire. Yeah, but now we get to spend every Sunday talking together, so that's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It's it's it brings back the memory. Since I can't really do stunts anymore, it it's fun to remember the the stunts that I have done in the past. And uh, next week, next week we're going to be talking about conventions. Uh, we were going to do that this week. Uh, but Dennis Danger Matt alone had some free time in his schedule, so we squeezed him in. So next week we're going to be talking about conventions. So you guys want to tune in. You don't want to miss that one. And congratulations to David again for being our lucky caller at 646-668-2433. I figure if I say that number enough times, it'll sink in and people will realize they can call and talk to us. That's the same number for Comic uh, Comic Corner and Trek Talking, so as well as Stunt Trek. So six four six 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 eight two four three three is that number. You can call that number on Thursday night for for uh, Trek Talking, Sunday night for Stunt Trek, or Monday night for Comic Corner. I'll answer it, and we'll get you right on the air, and then you can be part of our live show. We would love to hear from you guys. Congratulations to David, of course. Um, We'll be getting yet another one of Leslie's famous autographs. So it's, it's always great to have autographs from the Leslie Hoffman, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I got to legally change my name to the. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, guys, you can always get in touch with Leslie through Facebook at the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization. Right on. And if you go there, you'll see a little link. You can click there and, and, uh, Leslie has other autographed photos that are for sale. All you got to do is go there and send a message, and we'll get right back to you on, on how to make that happen. That's the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization on Facebook. That's her fan club, and you can go there. And, by the way, Leslie's always posting there, and uh, Leslie reads it every day. And don't be surprised if you get a personal uh, response back from Leslie because – she likes to talk to you guys, so she'll always try to get back to you as soon as she can. So if you leave a comment on a picture or something, don't be surprised if Leslie answers it in person. Right, Leslie? That's correct. I love talking to the fans. So, love so we will be them. back. We have a minute left, which means we have to cut this off now. But we'll be back next Sunday for another episode of Stunt Trek, and we'll be talking about conventions. Go to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page and say hello to Leslie and make sure you tune into Trek Talking on Thursday night, Comet Corner on Monday night. The lady's telling me we have to go. So good night, everybody. Thanks for calling. Be good to each other, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Good night, everybody. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.